So we should look at our life and go where I was to where I am. How did that happen? That can't take place. I can't white knuckle that kind of change. And you're right. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you changing you, conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ, speaking to your heart of hearts, saying, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't have that attitude. Don't be part of these things. They are not what I have patterned for you. of new life Your word, oh God Your word to me Making me all that I need to be Your word, oh God Means the world to me The world to me Good evening, my name is John and you're listening to A Word with God and I encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 while we continue to go through a message called Stand, the overall title of the is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going through Romans right now, and just to give you an idea, what we're talking about, or in terms of the message this evening, is a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was actually kind of funny, Stan, when you were going through this message, because there were a lot of actions that you started talking about. Because, you know, Paul uses actions in it, and he says, you know, get up, step up, move up. Right. Right. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. all I could think of was like a Bob Marley song. (laughs) Okay. Right? But it... What, what God's asking from us is for us to be living sacrifices. Right. And I was hoping you could kind of expand on that a little bit. What, what's a living sacrifice? Because it uh, sounds extremely dangerous. <laughs> yes, uh, I would say it is extremely dangerous. Um, a living sacrifice is, 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 is filled with action, not static, but in every uh, part of my day, my life, everything that I'm doing, it's it's centered and focused on Jesus, and and how would God have me interact uh, in 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 that instant in a way that is is well, a couple things, submissive to Him, mm-hmm. and is viewing the things that He is viewing in life. So that we talked about prayer last week. So connection through prayer. What is God doing here? Recognizing what God has going on in the moment, and uh, so submission to the Spirit, submission to the Word. Uh, my life, the Holy Spirit flowing through, using my life in that instance, in those situations, and uh, where everything is really turned over for God's use. Okay, so it's it's meant uh, figuratively to be a living sacrifice, yeah. and it's meant that we're supposed to live out daily mm-hmm. our really our devotion to God and, right. and what He asks of us, and to show the love that He has yeah. to us. You know, through us. One of one of the uh, uh, kind of the jokes when I was a boy was the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps moving off the altar, and and that's true. I mean, it's it's uh, the the whole section of um, and it's things you have to balance out. We know in Scripture that we're either slaves to God or slaves to sin. 
And so that is that is true, and yet even when we're slaves to God, we have the flesh that is warring against what God is doing, what where God is taking us. So in that sacrifice, even though I have a new nature given by Jesus into my life, the old nature, and we talk about this, I'm not sure if it's in the next few weeks, but uh, it's like... Um, it's like a person who has uh, been a tenant, and the old nature is supposed, I mean, instead of having free reign of the house, like the idea is to put him in a closet and limit his access to our life and to our hearts. Okay. And so, uh, you know, this living sacrifice thing is, is huge. Now, would you say then that, and just kind of a, you know, a, a quick, if you can't answer on this, mm-hmm. that we're either going to be a living sacrifice to God voluntarily, or mm-hmm. are we going to be a living sacrifice to the things of this world involuntarily? Huh. Yeah, that, that sounds good, John. Um, there's, there's no middle of the road. And it's it's, it's, a, it's it's kind of like the default. If I'm not a living, living sacrifice in the hands of God, then I'm living for the world. Great. Well, let's get going to the message, and then we'll wrap up at the end. The holiness of God, sacrifice, it's an offering to God. And picture, if you would, this cairn of stones and the wood, just like Isaac was to be placed on this altar of sacrifice. So you and I are to place our bodies, all that we do, all that we say, all that we, all that's about us is to be on this sacrifice, on this altar as a sacrifice to him. Giving to God who I am, that's my spirit. Giving to God my mind and my thoughts. Giving to God what I do, my abilities. Giving to God my body, the whole thing, all the whole package. Acceptable. God is pleased. That's what acceptable means. God is pleased when you give yourself to him as a sacrifice. Which is your spiritual service. That that word there is the idea of your work. Your spiritual work. Your expected response. When you give yourself as a living sacrifice to God, he's not surprised at that. He's not like, oh, what a strange thing to do. He's going like, that's right. That's appropriate. It's what I want. It's what I want to see. Which is your spiritual service of worship. Let that sink in for a moment. Worship is not reading a verse. Worship is not singing a song. Worship begins, is foundational, has its starting place, its wellspring. When I put all that I am on an altar of sacrifice to God and say, you are God and you are in charge of this body and all that it contains, and I am not. If you do not start there, you cannot fully participate cannot fully appreciate, cannot fully surrender yourself in worship. I I can imagine the Roman believers reading this going, what's he saying? 
It's a huge shift for us. It's a huge change. Put down here in my worship, worship and surrender are companions. They walk a road together. You cannot worship without surrender. You don't worship to get, you worship to give. Worship always has the connotation of sacrifice attached to it. When you worship without giving and without living and giving to the one who is worthy, you're not, you're not worshiping. There is one who is worthy for you to give yourself to. And that is your heavenly father. Put down here, worship begins privately and spills over corporately. If your consumption of worship, if your, wrong word, if your expression of worship is once a week, you're sick. You're sick spiritually. You may not sing. You may meditate. You may pour over God's word. You might sing. Singing in the shower, I love that. Nobody can hear me except God. And it says that he loves a joyful noise, so I can take comfort in that. I am not a singer, but I love singing to God. You know what I love to do? I love to go in the church at about, about midnight and shut all the lights off and stand at the piano and just play and sing and worship God. That's, that's my alone time with God. There's nothing that can compare with that. In my, and I get to pour out my heart. I make songs up. I pour out what's on my heart, what's inside of me, what I want to communicate to him. Verse 2, and also, in addition to this, do not be conformed. Don't be patterned. My grandfather was great into patterns, Ivan, because you know, I mean, I know you know this, but if I take a, a piece of, and I'm building a rafter, and I take the two by four, and I mark it with that two by four, and then I take that, and I use it, and I cut that one, and I take it to measure the next one, it grows. It can be, you can be a half inch, three quarter an inch. You can be, a, a pattern remains constant. You keep the pattern. My grandfather had always put P-A-T. I had another grandfather who was Pat. And I was a member being, as soon as I could learn how to read, I'm going, why are you calling this grandpa? This isn't my other grandpa. And it was pattern. It was the pattern. And the pattern stayed the pattern all through that project. And the very last piece we used was the pattern. Well, and do not be patterned after this world. First John says, not love not the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world is the lust. That word lust, there's craving. We have, there's a restaurant in Springfield called Cravings. Technically, the restaurant is called Lust. Lusting after food. Good, good name for a restaurant. Not good in your life. The lust of the flesh, the cravings of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. As a worship, as a worshiper offering yourself as a living sacrifice, that that's not cannot be you. You cannot be patterned after the world, the things that are in the world. And and John is very clear in laying out here's here's the world's pattern. Here's what the world says is important. Here's what the world says you need to pattern your life after. And and if you are a follower of Jesus, you can't do that. But 
contrasting conjunction. Be transformed, be changed into another. We get the word metamorphosis from that idea, pupa, butterfly, all that. Tra- you're to be it, it, that grubby little worm. You, you go look at that and you go like, how can that be a beautiful butterfly? So we should look at our life and go where I was to where I am. How did that happen? That can't take place. I can't white knuckle that kind of change. And you're right. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you changing you, conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ, speaking to your heart of hearts saying, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't have that attitude. Don't be part of these things. They are not what I have patterned for you. Interesting. It's in the middle voice. And in Greek, Greek has some oddities to it. One thing about it is it tells you who's doing the action. I, I kind of always think that's a God thing. You know what I mean? I, I pray. How many, have you prayed this to God change me? God change me. God change me. God ch- it's in the middle voice. The subject is doing the action. The onus of the transformation, the choice to make is with you. The choice, I love my daughter, I really do. But when she was 13, you could barely get the door open to her bedroom. I had thought about putting one of those yellow nylon ropes in so if we ever had to go in and pull her out, we wouldn't get lost. And, and like, it literally drifts of clothes and stuff. And, and you'd look, and, and we'd look in, and I just closed the door and said, Lori, don't look in there. It's not going to be good for you if you look in there. You get lost. That room did not change until action was taken by my daughter, sometimes my wife. I did it a few times. So I had a thing where I would put, divide it up. One time I had like 10 garbage bags filled with stuff, and I had no idea. I just piled it in, and it was like a half hour's worth of work to get a garbage bag, bag back, and you, she didn't know what was in it. It's like, I need that top. I'm going to school. I need that top as well. Okay, do a half hour's work. We'll get you a gar- Maybe God will be good, and it will be in the top. That room did not transform itself, but by a decision of hers, don't ever use that on your kids and blame me, okay? Don't do that. Anyway, that transformation of the room only happened when she made some choices and decisions, and that lies with you. That's the middle voice. You initiate. He is the one who carries it. He's the one who powers it. He is the one who enables you, but you have to make the choice to be the offering. Hi, I'm Stan, your teacher at A Word With God. I hope you've been enjoying our series in the book of Romans. And if it's kind of piqued your interest about becoming a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're just interested in checking out church another time, uh, we would invite you to join us at Evangel Community Church in Kitchener, Ontario. John, why don't you tell folks how to find us? Yeah, we're at uh, 112 Spadina Road West here in Kitchener, and we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 11.15. Love to see you come out for that. Well, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed... How, how, how do I do that? 
I know it begins with my choices, and we learn that God is there, and the choice is by the renewing. It means to renovate. We have a couple in our church, they've bought this house, and it, it is a big house. And it's a beautiful property. But they've stripped it right back. I mean, it needs a lot of work. It needed, and it needs, and it's still going to need. Oh, I've done this. My wife and I have lived through this. My wife has made me promise never to make her live through this again. I mean, it was right back to the studs. That's the picture of the renovation you need. Sometimes we think we need a mop and glow. Ever done a mop and glow? You buy a house, you know, my mom did that one time, you know, buy a house for like 70, well, back then, 70,000. You put 10, maybe 15 in it, and you, you know, you pump it for 100. Um, and, and, and it's called a mop and glow. You clean it up, make a few thousand dollars, you roll it over. You used to be able to do that pretty easily, and not so much today. That's how we think of our lives. We, we just need a mop and glow. We just need God to kind of like, you know, a little paint, a little polish. And, it's, and God says you need a total renovation. Right down to the core. Right down to the studs. Who you are. By the renewing of your mind, changing my thinking about the world, thinking, changing my thinking about what is true, why I am here, about my destiny. Changing thinking will change how I feel about things and it will change what I do and who I am, change my behavior. Instead of living for me, I now become a living sacrifice launched by the gospel. You cannot do this without the gospel. There's so many people that don't want the gospel. They, they like Jesus and he's a good teacher and they want the mop and glow in their life, but they do not want to make Jesus Christ Lord of their life, give their life to him. You can't do it. It begins with the gospel. It's launched by the gospel. It's powered by the Holy Spirit. This transformation in your life that you may prove, here's the purpose, you may test you may examine, you may test to see if, what's the purpose of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice? What's the purpose of having a renewed mind? That you may prove what the will of God is. The purposes of God, that you may prove what the purposes of God are, that, and here's what are, what are some of God's purposes you'd ask. Well, here they are. What God's purposes in this situation is. What's the refinement? God has purposes in every... You are in a situation today. Every one of us is in some kind of a situation. What's God's purpose in that? Have you ever stopped? Instead of saying, how can I get out of this? Instead of saying, like, how can I make the pain less? Instead of saying, "How, how do I avoid... God, what do you have in this? What are you trying to do? What's your purpose in this second thing? What God's desire for you is. What's the outcome, God? What's your outcome? I'd stop believing that the outcome for my daughter was that she would come back to Christ. Like I, I, I knew the words and I knew what I was supposed to say. But you know what? Deep in my heart, I thought, it's useless. I stopped asking God what his purpose is for the situation were. And the purpose in his situation was to refine her, to refine Lori and I, to do things in our family. She's talking about Jesus all the time and she's happy and God has some purposes and stuff. 
Well, what God has determined will be and what God has given you to live by. He's given you the word of God. We talked about that last night. His word will give you direction. That which is God's will, good. Uh, okay, God, in case you're in, there's people out there that, you know, like God, remember Naomi last night? God, God hates me. She's kind of like singing that song, like remember in grade one or two? Um, everybody, uh, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to the garden to eat some worms. Yum, yum. That was a song. Did you all sing that song? You didn't sing that song? Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Going to the garden to eat some worms. Big, fat, juicy ones. Long, slim, slimy ones. Itsy, bitsy, fuzzy, wuzzy worms. That's not as bad as that prayer, isn't it? <laughs> God's will for you is this. Don't, get out, don't, go, don't join the worm campaign. That which is good, it means that word good there means useful. That which is useful, that which is good, that which is accept is pleasing to God. What is happening in your life right now? Not the sin. Not the choices that have been against God. But what is happening is it's not only is it good and purposeful and useful, it's acceptable. And perfect means God's going to bring it to completion. Don't think that what is is going to be forever. I lost sight of that. Satan loves to tell you. Here's here's Satan's setup. You want to know Satan's setup? You can go and you can do whatever you want. And you know what? It's going to make no difference whatsoever. You'll be fine. And you go out and you do whatever it is that he's been tempting and putting before you. He goes, you schmuck. How could you do that? God just hates you. You are such a disappointment. He plays both sides. Doesn't he? He does. He sets you up and smacks you down. God's purposes are not like that. The enemy's purposes are like that. God's purposes are not like that, my friend. So that you may prove what is the will of God, what the will of God is, that which is good and perfect, or acceptable and perfect. So worship begins with sacrificial worship. Number two, make a choice to serve, verses three to eight. And firstly, watch your attitude. Humility is required, verse 3, 4, because through the grace, God's pleasure, God's goodwill, His kindness, His favor, that's what grace means, given to me, that's the Paul, the things, the opportunities, the kindnesses that God gave to Paul, I say to everyone among you, Everyone in the church in Rome, everyone in the church of Evangel, everyone in the church of Bethany, everyone in the church of faith, everyone who is a follower of Jesus, everyone among you, what, 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 what are we to do? Not to think more highly of himself. Then he, okay, I didn't tell you what was going on in this church, did I? You would never believe it, but there was church fights going on in this church. It never would cross your mind there'd be a church fight, would it? See, what had happened is the church had started out very Jewish. There were Jewish believers. And, and one of the Roman emperors kicked them out for four years, all the Jews in, in Rome, because there was perceived problems that the Jews were creating. And then the church kind of morphed into very Gentile church. After about four or five years... 
they all come back in and, and now there's these tensions. Well, that's not how we used to do it. Well, that's how we're doing it now. Well, who told you you could do it that way? Well, we were here and we decided that. We're having ham sandwiches at the church social function. The Jewish believers are going, no way are we having ham sandwiches at the church social function. That's just not godly. And they're fussing and fighting with each other. And Paul keeps bringing that up all through the letter. All through the letter. Get your act together. Stop fighting. Start working together. And, uh, and it says, everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. Word there as the idea of be sane. Think sanely. Don't think insanely in the church. That would think would be a natural. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. God is consistent. How we do things changes and moves all around us. The what? Static. The what is static. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening. And again, what I'd recommend is that if you have already gone through Romans that we're going through right now, Romans chapter 12, it would be probably good to take a look at the contextual from Romans chapter 11, as I was mentioning Mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. And that'll really give you a good feel for Mm -hmm. really overall what we're talking about. And because we literally go right from Romans chapter 1, verse 1, right to the end of Romans when we're going Mm -hmm. through, well, well, actually, when you're going through your messages. Yeah, and and these things, context is king. Yeah. So great to go go ahead of that, go ahead of us as well if you want, and go behind so you understand what's going around the entire uh, message that we're going, that we're hitting for Romans. Correct. So, uh, everyone, thanks for joining us this evening, and as always, remember, don't end your day without a word with God. of new life.